This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, what's happening, everybody? My name is Sam Shansky, and right now I'm here with Jeremy Short. Howdy. The man from Kentucky. Yes, sir. Tell me about Kentucky. What's the music scene like right there? Uh, you know, what's it like right now up there? It's a hot bed right now. Yeah? It's very hot right now. Um, everybody there knows somebody that plays, mm-hmm. and if they don't play, their cousin plays, and it's usually they're all really good. And for the most part, it's some amazing songwriters happening right now. There's something, something's clicked yeah. on down there. I, I've I mean? observed yeah. that as well, and I yeah. think you're right. What do you think that's attributed to? Um, well, I don't claim to know one thing from another what's going on or why things happen the way they do, but I believe uh, personally that if I don't, if it's okay if I drop a name here, that Tyler Childers yeah. was a big part of that. Yeah, was a big part of everybody seeing that stuff like that could be done mm-hmm. by yourself. You know what I mean? You writing your own songs the way you want to write them yeah. without somebody higher up than you saying, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. You know I mean? It's not a three-minute pop song. You know what I mean? Tyler was doing his own thing, and I think everybody kind of clicked onto that after they saw what he was doing. Is there a rebellious spirit that exists within Kentucky songwriters, you think? Big time. Big time. Yeah. Absolutely. So how long have you been there? I've lived in Kentucky my whole life. You have? I've, I moved away briefly when I was about 22, 23. Just went out west and played with cover bands mm-hmm. out there. Nothing fancy. Where was that at? Uh, I lived in Colorado for a little while. I lived in New Mexico, uh, Idaho. Just several different places with several different bands that played in dive bars yeah. and stuff like that. Did that change you a lot? It did. It was a good education. Yeah. Uh, getting docked pay for not knowing Margaritaville, the guitar parts and stuff <laughs> like that. that. You got it. It's a standard. That. You know what I mean? Getting yelled at for not knowing Toby Keith songs. Just the usual stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? So when you were growing up in Kentucky, you know, probably couldn't foresee that that's where you were going to end up. No, but, not um, at all. How were you learning music back then? I mean, as a I was kid? listening to records, listening to records, using my ear for the most part. And reading, I was a voracious guitar magazine reader. Just any of those I can get my hand on, I'd always flip in the back to the lessons. Yeah. That's where the good stuff was. And uh, I don't really read music very well. I can read notes very slowly. If you give me a piece of music, you know, I might spend an afternoon with it, and I could probably give you some of it back, but I'm not very good at that. I mostly use my ear for learning stuff. What were some of your early impressions of uh, guitar players? Like, who were some of your favorites? Well, when I was in fourth grade, the first one that really reached out and... Yeah. Pulled me in was B.B. King. Oh, really? And uh, we got a CD in through the Columbia House Record Club. If you remember, you put your little stamps on the deal there, and you'd send in, and you'd get all these CDs I remember that. for 99 cents or whatever it was. B.B. King was one of them. I don't remember why I put the stamp on there or who did it, if I did it, if my mom put it on there. Yeah. Because she thought I might like it. But uh, it ended up being highly profound, and that stuck with me. And that was the first real electric guitar that I remember noticing. And then from there, it just kind of, you go to the natural stuff. If you're listening to B.B. King, you're going to find out about Eric Clapton and Albert King mm-hmm. and Freddie King and then Albert Carl. You just keep going down that blues rabbit hole, and yeah. it really never ends. It goes and goes. Never ends. keeps going. Did you ever see B.B. live? I got to see him three different times. The I first, know. it was my first concert was actually B.B. King. I was kind of a late bloomer for concerts. Mm-hmm. It was about 14 years old. 
And uh, my mom, he came through Louisville, and I talked the whole week. I remember reading it in the Lexington Herald, B.B. Hmm. King's coming to town, coming to Louisville, you know what I mean? And I was just kind of talking to them, you know, around the house about that, kind of half-heartedly dropping hints. Yeah. And then the con day of the concert came, and Mom said, let's go, let's go. And it was real cool. It's something I'll never forget. Kind of a rite of passage at that age it, and everything. It really Going was. To get to see something like that. It really was. At that point in his career, um, you know, with B.B., it's kind of a conflicting thing in that he got to a certain point. He never got off the road. He, he never left the road, I think. Uh, he probably played less, but at his height, he was really doing probably 300-plus dates a year, and that was just constant for him. That's amazing. And in his old age, you know, he could have slowed down, but he never really did. So, you know, it wasn't like seeing him in his heyday, per se, but it was more about just being in the room, you know, and seeing your hero like that and being that close to somebody who's that significant. Yeah. And now here you are in Memphis yeah. playing the blues. Yeah. And you, you feel that cultural significance when you're walking down a street like Bill Street or just walking around Memphis yeah. and seeing what goes on here. It's something amazing. So you have an album out that you released about a year ago. Yeah, close to a year ago. Uh, what's the name of that album? And tell me a little bit about maybe the recording process and the direction of uh, the sound that you were trying to achieve on that and some, you know, anything you want to talk about yeah, with the album. Yeah, uh, the album's called Lost in a Spin. I recorded it with my band Short and Company. And uh, we just spent, we probably spent about two weekends total in the studio just tracking it with the bass and drums and guitar. And then I probably, you know, came in probably a day after that and tracked all my vocals and guitar parts. And uh, we put some harmonies on it. And it wasn't really too much in the way of spending a lot of time tracking it and getting everything perfect. Yeah. We, we had written the songs before we went to the studio, so we kind of knew what we wanted to do with the arrangements. And there was a thing or two that we changed once we got in there, but it wasn't too terribly painful. It was pretty easy, really. It was the first time I had went in the studio as a band leader. I know a solo album, and that's, you know, that's entirely different because it's just me. Mm -hmm. I'm just in there. I can do whatever the heck I want, you know what I mean? But with a band, you, you kind of got to say, well, you know, play these notes. Yeah. Or play it like this. Or give me this ride cymbal here. Maybe this groove on the drums like that. So you're a little more in control. It was a good learning experience. Is the control something that you're comfortable with? Some people don't seem to enjoy that side of things. I'm getting used to it. Yeah. Getting used to it little by little. It's just, it's just saying what you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Knowing what you want, first of all, is the important thing. And being able to identify that sound in your head and then explain it to the people around you. So yeah. it's, been a, it's been a learning curve. For sure. That's very cool. And who was involved on that? You said Short and Company. Is that a specific band or is it kind of like... Well, it was the guys I was using at the time. Yeah. And they have... Uh, They've all moved on. Okay. You know, to other so stuff. So it's really, it's like your project and just, yeah. you know, a rotation of people coming and exactly. going. Exactly. Okay. Short and company. Yeah, It's yeah. just whatever it needs to be at the moment. I dig it. So what's ahead for you guys? Uh, we're doing a lot of cool stuff this year. Uh, personally, not with Short and Company, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, well, we're doing a lot of stuff with Short and Company, rather, I should say. But outside of that, I'm going to um, Tumbleweed Festival with Chelsea Nolan. Oh, cool. So that's pretty cool. Nice, yeah. big underground country festival. Where's that at? It's in uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, okay. goes on in Kansas City. And then from there, once we get done with that gig, we've got a 20, yeah, we've got 23 hours to drive 12 hours to the next gig in West Virginia. Oh, well. So we've got to go from Kansas City to Mountain Music Festival in West Virginia, in Fayetteville, West Virginia, 
which is about 12, 13 hours away from Kansas City. And yeah. we have about 23 hours to make the drive. So that's going to be fun. That'll be a short and company gig at the Mountain yeah. Music Festival. So that's going to be a fun ride. Are you, com- are you cool with life on the road? I love it. You like that? I love it, man. I love working. I mean, because if you're on the road, you're working. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're out there doing it. You're making a name for yourself. You know, being in a new town with people that haven't seen you before. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's absolutely one of the most exciting things I think a musician can do is yeah. get out there and just see the rest of the country. So is it safe to say you don't miss the chicken shack? <laughs> I'm still at the chicken shack four days there? a week. Oh, well then, at the, at the moment, you know. Well, there we go. <laughs> and uh, I'm one of the openers there. You know, I'm there 8.30 till about 3 or 4 most days. Yeah, well, four days a week, rather. And then I got my weekends, weekends and evenings to do whatever else I need to do with You're it. You're a busy man. I try to stay. What else do you do? I mean, these, music's just your number one thing. I mean, uh, music's a big one. I love to cook. You cook, okay. I, I'm a home, you know. I'm not going Ramsey. Yeah. I'm not going to go on and tell you that these scallops are undercooked or anything like that. I don't yeah. care. But I like to cook at home. And just a few little things. We got one of those uh, electric pressure cookers. Yeah, yeah. Those are game changers. They are. Game changers. <laughs> they really are. Oh, my are. goodness. I cook soups in them and stuff all it's the time. It's ridiculous. I make all kinds of, you cook a whole chicken in there and you just get chicken stock. And yeah. it's just insane the amount of stuff you can do. And it's so easy. Yeah. So easy. It's uh, amazing to think that we made it this far without them. Yeah. I don't know I what know. we were doing. Well, our grandparents, that generation had the original pressure cookers. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got their, their cannon with their grandparents, that story. And those kind of, you know, were intimidating because you can't really control that. You just put it on and kind of hope for the best and take it off the heat source. But with these electric ones, you know, you can get in there and personalize it and do what you need to do with it. Make it easy. So did you have a hand in making the soap? (laughs) No, no. That was was my girlfriend, actually. She plays a big role in all of this. She's a big help, basically, with uh, managing stuff on the road and actually helping out with the branding like that and that was beautiful she reached out to a company called uh hubini b-i-n-e and uh she does soaps and stuff and customized soaps yeah and danny reached out to her and said uh you know or i can't remember who reached out to who honestly to be honest with you but yeah. uh, one of them reached out to the other said we need to do a jeremy soap and that's what came out <laughs> i love it you know, wash yourself with myself. For those of you watching at home, <laughs> what you need to know is this thing smells amazing. It's like gingerbread. Oh, it's, yeah, it's ginger, kind of a Christmassy smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it, it's amazing. Yeah. Also, you've got you've got more. Let's mention this. We've got a air freshener, which, which also know. smells amazing. Yeah. I keep them in the van. These are clever. <laughs> Building a brand, I like it. I sell them at work all the time. You do? Like, people steal from each other their air fresheners. <laughs> I, this is the first it's air freshener I've seen from a, from a musician, so. It's a hot item. They sell, man. They're moving. I might have to steal this brilliant idea. Oh, we'll leave a couple in the bathroom for you. Very cool, so I don't have to steal. That's good. <laughs> well, Jeremy, thank you very much for being here today and talking thank a little you. bit no with problem. us. And no problem. Best thank of you. luck with Short and Company. And, you know, people out there, get out and see them sometime when you can. I'm sure you'll be out there on the road and. Yes, sir. Torn all around. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.